Continue back in uh, Matthew chapter 14, and I want to go to verse 24. Um, they are in the boat. They, Jesus compelled them to get in the boat, and now they're in the boat. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, they're in the boat now. You, you in it now. Uh-huh. You in it now. You in there now, buddy? Amen. It ain't look. You can't look. You can't go back now. Amen. All right. So open your Bibles. Amen. If you don't have a Bible, ushers will get you one. Matthew fourteen, verse twenty-four. If you stand for the reading of God's word, <clears throat> and uh, beginning in verse twenty-four, it says, "But the boat was already a long distance from the land." battered by the waves for the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were terrified and said it is a ghost and they cried out in fear I want to talk about this morning is time to move, facing your first test, facing your first test, facing your first test. I remember as a young man, I remember as a young man growing up in a group home, It was time for me to leave. I was not, it was not a choice to move. I had to move. Um, The funding had ran out. And everything that they did to help me, they said, we've done enough. We can't do anymore. And I was put into a position at 17 years old. I had to get out on my own. At 17 years old, I had to make adult decisions because I was put into a situation where I had to move. I'd never forget how afraid I was. On the inside, on the outside, I looked like, oh, he got it together. But on the inside, I was terrified. I was terrified of the unknown. I did not know what my life would be like. I was afraid and my thoughts run rapidly through my mind thinking, I'm going to end up homeless. Where am I going to get my next meal? How many jobs did I have to work in order to uh, maintain the place that I was looking for? I didn't understand anything about life, but I had to fake it until I made it. I'm going somewhere. 
I had to give the appearance that I was strong, but I was weak. Many of us, amen, when it comes time to move from one place to the next or to transition to the next stage in life, we may say that I'm ready, but sometimes we're forced into situations, come on somebody, that we cannot change. Oftentimes, we don't know what the outcome is going to be, but because we've become comfortable where we are, I believe that God causes a shifting. He causes a movement. Amen. All of a sudden, you have friends, and I was talking to my girls about this the other day. I had a roommate who said, yeah, we're going to do this together. We're going to pay the rent together. We're going to split everything in half, but when it come rent time, I couldn't find them. I wish I had. Anybody ever had that? Amen. Couldn't find him. Didn't even know where he was. He didn't show up till a week later. Rent is past due now. You see, oftentimes we put our trust in people, but I want to say this to you. If I knew better then, I would have put my trust in God. Sometimes God has to push you out into the boat so that you can get over to the other side. I'm talking to somebody here this morning. I want to say this to you. It's time to move. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to move. And after you've made that decision to move, you got to remember this, that it's going to come, amen, with a test. And you have to be ready to face these tests because here's the thing. The test is a reminder, watch this, of who told you to get in the boat. I'm going somewhere. Not only is the test a reminder of who told you to get in the boat, but the test will also bring you a testimony. Do I have anybody? See, God, you and I need some experience with God in order to have a testimony. These disciples had been walking with Jesus, but they had not really been through anything. They really... They were enjoying the luxuries of being part of the team. Amen. But they hadn't really been through nothing. And if I ask somebody here this morning, you say, Pastor, I've been through some stuff. <laughs> Amen. And some of you have been through some stuff, but it's amazing how quickly we forget. Amen. The stuff we've been through. Do you remember when you were helpless? Hopeless, amen, and you were in search of happiness, but God replaced, amen, that temporary stuff with permanent things. I'm going somewhere. The disciples had seen Jesus do miracles. They had seen him do great and mighty things, but yet they hadn't really been tested. Jesus told them to get into the boat. I told you last week, they're in the boat, and they are going over to the other side. What's over on the other side? Only Jesus knew what was over on the other side. And oftentimes when you get ready to move from where you are to where you need to go, you have to do it. The one thing that keeps coming up is you have to do it by faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to do it by faith. You got to do it by faith because if you don't do it by faith, amen, you will never know what's over on the other side. Somebody here this morning, you are hesitating because you want things to be a certain way before you make a move. 
But I want to tell you something. If you're going to wait that long, amen, you may miss your season. Come on, somebody. You may miss your blessing. It may float away. Do I have anybody? And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of waiting. Come on, somebody. I, I'm ready to do something so, so amazingly ridiculous to the natural eye that watch this, that, that watch this, that when the, when the world looks at us, they'll say, man, what in the world are you doing? But I want to tell you something. The world knows how to have faith. There are men who get into debt. They get into all kinds of uh, situations to move forward in their lives only to fail. But at least they tried. Do I have anybody? And you know what I want to do? I want to try God. I want to see, amen, how good he is. I know how good he is. But I, I want to be like the writer and say, oh, taste and see. Come on, somebody. That the Lord is good. Do I have anybody here? It, the, the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many know he's good? Come on, somebody. And, and I believe that if you're going to move forward, you got to have that oh, taste and see attitude. Because watch this. The passage that we read today in Psalm 37, it says, I've been young and I've been old. <laughs> But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. And oftentimes we forget the promises of God when we get into the storms of life. And, and today I want to show you that God told these disciples, he compelled them to go over to the other side. The question I have for you, are you ready to go over to the other side? How many of you are ready to go over to the other side. How many of you are tired of being st standing still? You, you're ready for something different in your life. You, come on, somebody. You're ready for some change in your life. And I'm not talking about that change you made on your own. I'm talking about the change that only God can bring in your life. It has to be a God thing, not a you thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, it can be a you thing. Amen. I know what you want, but the question is, what does God want for you? Do I have anybody? The text, the text is plain. The text is clear. The Bible says in verse 23, after he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to what? To pray. And the Bible says, and when it was evening, he was there alone. Now, he went, he sent the crowds away. He's in the mountain praying, right? Now, I told you last week, I believe that Jesus was praying for who? For them. Am I right about it? Amen. I believe he was praying for them. I believe that he was interceding for them because he understood that they needed to face the first test. And I want to say this to you this morning. I'm going to get into my points. Just because it gets difficult in your journey doesn't mean that God isn't there for you. You see, the difficulties of this journey has a design. God has designed the difficulties so that he can strengthen you, watch this, for where he's taking you. And oftentimes, we may get discouraged. We may doubt. Come on, somebody. We may even get depressed in the moment, but you got to remind yourself consistently that God is the one who told you to get in the boat. Never forget 
It was a move of God, not your move. Are you with me? Watch the text. Text says in verse verse 23, he says it was there in verse 24. It says, but the boat was already a long distance from the land. Now, there's a reason the writer placed that there. He would, they were 182 meters from the shore. That's a long way. All right? They had already gotten in the boat. They, would, they were already ahead of the game. They were going. They were excited. Here's the thing. When you get ready to move, it's exciting. Am I right? It's exciting because it's something new. But what we don't plan for, hallelujah, is a test. We get caught up in the excitement, come on somebody, and we don't think about the facts. Now listen, we're in the boat. The boat is already a long way. So the first thing I want to show you today, if you're going to face the test, if you're going to pass the test, first thing you have to do is eliminate the options, amen, the option of going back. I'm saying one more time. Eliminate the option of going back. Oftentimes, we want to go back. Oftentimes, after we've gotten into the will of God, amen. I read this today about Jesus. He had been baptized. The Bible says that the Spirit, nobody else but the Spirit, led him out into the wilderness to be tested, what? 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible declares that it was the Spirit of God that led him into a test. I'm going somewhere. Jesus did not turn back. He went forward. And I'm talking to somebody here this morning. You have options to go back. But God has a way of closing the door so that you can't go back. They are 183 meters away from the shore. There's no turning back. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's no turning back. And we have to eliminate all options of going back. Because once you're in this thing, watch this, people get married. Oh, boy. Let me hit the married folk right quick. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't go back. Amen. I'm saying one more time. You can't go back. All right. When I told you, amen, you didn't want to listen. I told you. A- amen. Amen. Let me say. <laughs> but pastor, I love him. All right. Okay. It's all good. He ain't got no job, baby. All right. It's okay. I love him. He's sleeping on his mama couch. Oh, I love him. Amen, pastor. Amen. He ain't got no money. It's okay. Love going to take care of everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Pastor. He just look good, Pastor. You don't understand. He look good. Amen. Looks going to pay them bills. All right. Cool. Come on, somebody. Amen. Listen, here's the thing. Here's the one thing you got to remind yourself of. If you made the decision, you got to live with it. I'm saying one more time. If you made the decision, you got to live with it. And here's the thing. When you get in the boat, <laughs> amen. There's no going back. Children of Israel, you know why God parted the Red Sea? Why he took them that route? He took them that route because any other route, they would have ran back to Egypt. So what he had to do, he had to take them 
to a di- through a difficult Red Sea situation. Come on, somebody. He parted the Red Sea supernaturally. They walked through, and then here come the Egyptians, and it closes up, eliminating all what? Options of what? Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to eliminate all your options. I said all your options. You got to take all those tricks you got in that bag and you need to throw them things away. Because guess what? You can't talk your way out of this one. Come on, somebody. You Listen, listen. It's time to move. Are you with me? Eliminate all options. The text says... They were already a long distance from the land. But look what happens next. Battered by what? Now, see, see, here's the thing. See, I believe that oftentimes we make a move on emotion. <laughs> you hear what I said? We, we operate on emotion. But we ought to have some expectations. The text says, now what happens? They're, they're, they're a long way in now. They're being battered by the waves for the Bible says, for the wind was what? Contrary. Now, that word means tormented. It means pain. Come on, somebody. The, the, the word has the idea of hostility. See, oftentimes after you make a move, listen, I want you to have good expectation, but the devil doesn't want you to go forward. So what happens next? Here comes some hostility. So not only must we eliminate the options of going back, but here's number two point. You ought to expect some opposition. Let's say it one more time. See, a lot of us get disappointed because we expect it to be all, oh, we always going to get along, Pastor. We, we ain't never going to argue. How many married people I got in here? This? Amen. How many arguments you done had? Just a few. You can't even count. Amen. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, that was your boo thing. Amen. Yeah, y'all were going to, yeah, that was your ride or die. Thelma and Louise. Amen. Y'all get a road trip. Y'all, amen. But how many arguments you done had? Am I right about it? See, watch this. Now, there's a couple of reasons for the hostility. It tests your character. You see, when you're in the middle of, 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 of the ocean here, right, in your, your situation, and you can't go back, what do you got to do? You got to face it. But you have to face opposition in order to get to your victory. And oftentimes, amen, we avoid, those of you who who are passive aggressive and you like to avoid opposition, you got to deal with it. You got to deal with the hostility. You got to deal with it. Listen, you can run from it all you want. It's coming to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to come to you. As much as I'm tired of being negative. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. And you can say that all you want. But guess what? You out in the middle of the ocean by your, both of (laughs) y'all. 
<laughs> and here's this opposition on you. And what you're going to do when you face opposition? But if you expect it, you can prepare for it. Now, here's what Jesus knew about them. Jesus knew that they would cower in the midst of opposition. May I ask you a question? You want to move, but the question is, do you want to pay the price to move? And listen, listen, I've seen churches, I've talked to pastors who have gotten bad contractors. Come on, somebody. They've, they've dealt with bad electricians and bad plumbers and got duped out of land and all this other stuff. But I believe that the God we serve, hallelujah, will never leave us nor forsake us. And in spite of all the oppositions that we may be facing as a church, I want to tell you something. I believe that God says it's time to move. Come on, give God a hand clap praise. Listen, it gets painful sometimes. Listen, where did the wind come from? I mean, all of a sudden, why? And here's the thing. Watch this. The storm had already started, but watch this. It Push them into the middle of the storm. They were literally in the middle of the storm. And saints, I want to tell you something. Some of us, we don't even expect the storm. That's why we get disappointed. We don't expect, listen, and some of the people that you get opposition from, you'd be like, nah, I can't even believe that. That's why we get disappointed. It's the people that you least expect will bring the opposition to you. And I want to say to somebody here this morning, you got to remind yourself that the storm ain't going to last always. Come on, somebody. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. The Bible says that they were already a long distance and they were battered by the waves. Not only did they have to deal with the waves, but they had to deal with the wind. And I want to tell you something. The Bible says that the wind was violent. It was in opposition to them. But watch this. Watch this. There's another instance where Jesus was in the boat with them. Are you with me? Watch this. The same scenario had happened. But yet, the Bible says that they panicked in the midst of the storm. These are trained fishermen. These are men who have been through the waves and they've been through the winds and they've been through the storms of life. But here's what I found out about being with Jesus. Sometimes we've been with Jesus so long we become too comfortable. You get stuck where you are because you're just happy with this blessing. But I want to tell you something. I believe there's some more blessings on the other side. I believe that this is just the beginning of what God is getting ready to do in your life. I believe there's more to come, but you got to be willing to be courageous enough to face the pain and the opposition and face the situations that may come because it will strengthen your character. The Bible says they ran down to the bottom of the ship's boat and said, Jesus, come on, man, what's up? Bible declares Jesus came up and said, hush, be still. And this is what the disciples said, man, what kind of man is this? I got a point right there. 
Do you really know whose boat you in? Do you really know who you belong to? Because if you really know who you belong to, you don't have to panic in the midst of opposition. Watch this. And you know what Jesus rebuked them for? He says, you men of little faith. He says, have faith in God. I'm in the boat. Why? And I, that passage always baffles me until I got a clear understanding of it. All you have to do, saints, in the midst of opposition is be still. See, everything, all their training went out the window. All their experience with God went out the window. The, the winds are battering. The boat is being filled up with water. And they're sitting there shaking and panicking like, man, can you imagine what someone to say? Can you imagine what Judas was saying? Man, see, I told y'all not to trust Jesus. He done got us in this mess. Pastor told me to do this. I didn't tell you to do that. Now, hold on now. You, <laughs> now that's a choice you made. Now, <laughs> that's my disclaimer. <laughs> Amen. I, well, he said it was time to move. I didn't move. I didn't gave up this thing here. And now here I am. All right? You got to face this test. Yo. You got to pass this test. You got to be still in the midst of that storm. In the midst of that opposition, you got to hold on, but you got to experience the opposition but watch what the text says in verse 25 now in the fourth watch now here's what's so deep about this they started off the bible says in the evening right y'all with me now watch this the fourth watch of the night is between 3 and 6 a.m. don't get tired y'all in the midst of your storm. Don't give up. But watch this. The text says. In the fourth watch of the night. He came to them walking. What? On the sea. So not only. Must we. Eliminate the option of going back. Expect opposition. But here's my next expectation. You know what we expect? Overdraft going to take care of me. Oh, you know what? You know, they don't call it overdraft anymore. Let me see. I read it this morning. It's called um, overdraft privilege. I'm going somewhere with this. How can it be a privilege when you're charged $29.99 to use it? I'm just saying. I'm, but you see, it's a play on words. See, here's what, I'm, here's what I want to help you with. No matter how difficult this move may be, when we get out here, I'm looking for Jesus. I'm not looking for how many people show up on Sunday morning. 
Can I ask something? Who are you expecting to show up? Now, 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 now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The Bible says, watch it, in the fourth watch of the night. See, the last person they expected to help them was Jesus. That's why they panicked in the storm. They weren't expecting Jesus. They thought that, man, we got to do this. They weren't even thinking about doing it themselves. They were thinking, we dead, y'all. We dead. <laughs> That's all they were thinking about. They were thinking about themselves. They were not thinking about the fact that this is our first what? Test. Saints, listen to this. Don't lose your faith in Jesus, watch this, while in the storm. We lose faith in him like Jesus is going to show up. Listen, Jesus can show up in a lot of different ways, y'all. Jesus showed up in the life of those people that we saw coming back from uh, Sao Padre Island when the car spun around by 15 times and ended up down in the ditch, had two children in there. Jesus showed up when we saw it and turned around and ran down there and the ladies were in shock. And I had to go in there and help them to get their car out and not, they not a scratch on their body. They were in a storm. But God so happened to show us, amen. He said, I have no hands but yours. See, he shows up through other people. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. That's how he shows up. He shows up. He will put people in your path. All is not gone for you. Amen. The end is not, it's not over yet until God says it's over. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you with something. Listen to this. You got to expect him to show up. But watch this. Don't be surprised how he shows up. Do I have anybody? Listen to this. Jesus knew about the storm before they knew about the storm. And thank God that I'm in the right boat today. Thank God that he knows all about the storm. Thank God that if he can hush the storm, then he can control the storm, then he can, hey, hallelujah, he can get me through the storm. He'll always show up right on time. You heard that before. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there. Oh, I wish I had a few people with me this morning. He'll show up right on time. Thank God that even with my move, I'm going to expect the storm, but I'm going to expect Jesus to what? To show up. And, and, and turn to your neighbor and say, he'll show up right on time. But, but you got to be careful of something. Because even though they saw Jesus walking on the sea. Look at verse 26. It says, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea. They weren't happy. They, they, they weren't joyful. And that tells me something. Some of us lose our faith because we're living with regrets. But let me say this to you. Whatever decision you make, you got to live with it. But what you have to learn to do is know how to take lemons and make lemonade. Come on, somebody. You, you got to know how to take those tough moments in your life. There's good in everybody. And if you look with the right eye, you'll see the good in them. 
You see, I want to say this to you. Our expectations, we want things to be like this. We want it to happen for us because we took the leap of faith. Oh, I took a leap of faith, so guess what? It should all go well with me. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. The Bible says, watch this. It says they were terrified. They were what? They were disturbed. They were agitated. They were stirred up. And somebody here this morning, uh, the reason you can't see Jesus is because you're really terrified. You're scared. And you don't understand what's going on, but it's not up to you to understand. You've got to walk by faith. Watch this. The Bible says they thought he was a phantom, a ghost. They thought he was a what? Ghost. Now let me show you something. Fear can distort your vision. Say it one more time. Every time something good happens to me, I always backdoor with a thought, man, but the next step is going to be hard. I don't think, I'm going to say it one more time. You heard what it said? Every time something good happens, thing I, th the thing I thought that couldn't happen, it happened. That's it. And then I got to go to the next step. I think, oh man, no, nah, um, nah. Fear can distort your vision. But also fear can distort your spiritual vision. See, they couldn't see Jesus. So here's the thing. How can you expect him to show up and you can't even see him? How can you expect them to show up and can't even see them? Who are you looking for? You're looking for the physical Jesus? That ain't, ain't happening. But as I said earlier, he'll show up. And some of the most unlikely people. He'll show up in a word. He'll show up somewhere. Watch this. In your storm. Watch it. They thought he was a what? Ghost. And what did they do, y'all? Now let me ask you something. You know what that word fear means? It means panic. It means what? Panic. And some of you are panicking right now. How am I going to do it, Pastor? I don't know. How to. You know why God exposed that situation in your life? Hey, to show you he doesn't want you to build your life on some nonsense. You know why he exposed the character of that person in your life? So that he can show you that you're trusting the wrong person. Oh, I just said something. Amen. The last thing that he wants to do, if you're going to face this test, the last thing, not only may expect Jesus to show up, but you have to eliminate what? Because what's the opposite of fear? Right. And what was Jesus trying to build in them in the first test? Faith. Some of us are so afraid, we think he's a ghost. We think he's Superman, Spider-Man. Amen. We're so scared, we can't even, listen, we're so scared, we can't recognize him. And what Jesus was trying to take out of them is the fear of moving forward. He wanted to build their faith. Saints, I want to say this to you. God is trying to build your faith. 
and the terrifying situation that you may be facing is to cause you to see him better and to walk by faith. Listen to this. You know, uh, you have to conquer your fears. You have to get your emotions in check. Don't you name so you got to check your emotions. Don't operate on emotion, y'all. Operate on facts. And some of you are so emotional. Uh-huh. Amen. You think you need a pill. You don't need a pill. You need to get your fear in check. Your emotions in check. Because watch this. Listen to this. When this word means to render one anxious or distressed. Perplexed. It is the mind of one by suggesting doubt. Listen, God didn't bring you this far to leave you. I'm say it one more time. God didn't bring you this far. You need to hold on to that one phrase. God did not bring me this far to leave me now. He would never do that to you. And that's what Satan was trying to suggest to Jesus while he was tempting him. And that's something that you and I have to eliminate from our mind. All fear God give me faith so I can pass this test. Because there's no testimony if you don't pass the test. Duck hunters use decoys. And today these decoys are becoming real high tech. The decoys quack like a duck. They move like a duck. They look like a duck. Amen. And they even act like a duck. In fact, the ducks think that they are ducks. Amen. And the real ducks end up being dead because what? They can't tell what's real. Uh, You know what I said? Because they can't tell what's what? What's real. For the Christian, there are many decoys out here. The storm was a decoy, y'all. I'm going to say it one more time. The storm was a decoy. That what you're facing right now is a what? It's a decoy. Don't get got. It's a decoy. That's all it is. It distorts you. Watch this. And that's their job. The storm was designed to watch this, to lure them out. But God wanted them to have faith. That's what he wants you to have. Listen to this. The job of the decoy is to get you angry with God. Uh Uh-huh. And live with regrets. Watch this. Because you say, you know what? I left all this behind. But may I ask you something? What did you really leave behind? What type of life did you really leave behind? And some of us are not even scratching the surface yet. We haven't left nothing behind because guess what we're doing? We still are holding on to some stuff right here. We're trying to do this. One leg in, one leg out. You can't have the world and God at the same time. It won't work. You're either in the boat or you're out. And he's real. Watch out for those decoys, y'all. They are designed to lure you 
What we must do is look beyond what we see. We must evaluate, watch this, our circumstances, watch this, by faith. By what? By faith and watch this, and facts. Stop allowing your emotions to get into it and evaluate your circumstances. Lord, is this a test? I think this is a test. This is a test. And God wants you to pass this test because it's time to move.